podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Hello and welcome everybody to another Chessie Hour. Just to let you know, we came up like, I know everybody's using the word Chessie now. No one was using the word Chessie before we came up with it. We got a trademark, it's our name, officially Chessie Hour. I'm your host, Daniel Soft. We are here on a Thursday evening. It's probably going to be out Thursday night, Friday morning. And I am joined with one of my favourite regulars, Timpson. What are you saying, Timpson? I'm good, bro. Thanks for having me on. Always good to be on the pod with you and um, our other guest. Yes, our other guest, Superstar. Superstar, I remember YouTube. I remember I saw your numbers when you first started. I remember like when you first started... And now the amount of subscribers, because I'm not in the YouTube world, I, I almost said followers. The number of subscribers you have, Alexis Gafkas, is that the correct kind? You're too kind. I remember first time when you couldn't pronounce it. Now you know how to say it. <laughs> was, that, was that great? Was that good? Yeah, that was spot on, man. How many, how many subscribers you got now? Nearly 12K and growing. Like, 12K. Listen, yeah. if you're a Chelsea Hour listener, then you would love Alexis's content. It's obviously Chelsea content. But not all Chelsea content is great content. I'm okay to say that. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll echo that. You'll echo that. But what I'll say is I feel like there's some sort of synergy in terms of the way we kind of talk about we're, we're not afraid to say our opinions. We're not afraid to have alternative opinions. We like stats. Am I right, Alexis? This is Yeah. Right. yeah. I, 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 you're hitting the nail on the head. Like, yeah. yeah. There's no topics off limit. No topic off limit. And obviously, like, yeah, you're a numbers guy too. Alexis is my guy. Please check out his channel. Please subscribe to his channel. So let's get into Chelsea talk. That's what we're here for. First and foremost, on the timeline this week, there's so many topics. And I like that Alexis, you uh, was vocal about this. So first and foremost, um, last Chelsea Hour episode, I think fresh off the Marmo game, Lukaku was injured. And all of a sudden, everyone was like, okay, Werner's injured too. No strikers. No strikers. So everybody's saying, okay, cool. Kai Force 9 Let's see how he does it. Before I get into Kai Force 9, because I want to have a whole topic about that, a video dropped of another platform. I don't really like promoting other pa- platforms, but you probably guys know where it is. And Jody Morris was on there. Jody Morris was on there. Steve Siddle was on there. And some guy, some, some Jordy was talking, right? <laughs> I don't want to say the name, but some <laughs> Jordy. Some Jordy somewhere, some muscly Jordy. Um, and they were playing poker. And don't forget, Jody Morris was there and they were talking about Werner, and they were clowning him. Now, listen. Proper Chelsea men. Proper Chelsea men. Proper I heard. Chelsea men was there too. We don't want to name names, but 
I've clowned, I've clowned Werner. I think Timpson's clown Pulisic. Like Alexis said, we're not afraid to have alternative opinions. We're not afraid to clown players. But I just thought, um, I don't know if you've seen the clip, guys listening, but they were clowning Werner in front of Jody Morris. Now, Jody Morris, for me, if I'm working with someone, like if I'm on another platform and someone's trying to clown Alexis, just yeah. out of respect, I'm going to stand up for you. Now, listen, look, even people on this platform that I might not really be friends with like that, if I don't want to be on platforms where people's clowning people, maybe if, if I see you on the street and I'm going to say hi to you and stop and speak to you, then I'm not going to be in a room with people and let them clown you and just sit there, especially something that's broadcasted. So I want to talk about this situation because um, they were saying, look, forget, I'm not even going to recount it, but basically they, they were clowning. shit, basically. They, they, yeah. I find it hilarious, right? People that pay, like, will sit there, watch him on a weekly basis in front of professional, like, people that were in the industry. Yeah, they're sitting there. They're being so rude, and not once did a grown ass man say anything. Like, ah, oh, but don't get me started. <laughs> Let's go. No, 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 no. Listen, this this is where we get started. This is where we get started. So I was sitting there thinking it, and listen, look, not everybody is. When it comes down to it, just because you're a coach or you're a manager, doesn't mean that you're perfect. You're an angel, and I feel like Jody's one of those guys where, look, if that was a if that was a conversation that wasn't been recorded, that's a whole nother thing. But the mm. levels, you know this is going out. And I think that Jody didn't want to spoil the fun because um, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be edgy. I don't think he's that type of guy to, to spoil the fun. But I just feel like, really and truly, I would expect him to say, actually, guys, let's, do you know what I'm saying? Just signal. Just signal. He tried to remove himself from it and just tried to, like, be silent whilst they did it. But I, did, I didn't like that. Simpson, have you seen the clip? And give me your thoughts on it. Yeah, of course. I've seen the clip. And um, do you know what? I'm going to be devil's advocate um, and just think, I don't think Jody did much too wrong. Um, and in an ideal world, he speaks up and says, yo, 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 that's still uh, an ex-professional and someone that um, I work together with. Like, let's have some respect. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you would have heard him say something along those lines. But um, whether it was just him like not wanting to kind of spoil the party or um just kind of not want to kill the vibe that they were having prior to that um he just kind of removed himself from it i remember him saying whilst they were saying when the shit when is this and that he was like oh whose go is it in regards to the game that they were playing um at the table and he just kind of took he, he kind of um took the ostrich route and stuck his head in the sand that's why I didn't respect, though. I think that's why this is not a massive, it's not massive, but I didn't respect that. Um, I, you, know, do you know what I'm saying? It's not that big a deal. I just didn't really respect it. I would have had more respect if he kind of spoke up. Alexis, do you have anything else to say before we move on and talk about our strikers? For me, I, I just want people to think about it. If it wasn't about Werner and it was about Ben Chilwell, Mount or Mount or Reese James or someone that came from the academy, right? Or someone that was one of Frank's boys when he was the manager. What what would the reaction have been from the fan base? But because it's Timo Werner, listen, I'm all for shitting on my own, but no one else will shit on my own. Like, I can banter you, but no one else will banter you. Like, you have to defend your own. And for me, it was frustrating that he had such a big platform to actually educate people on football and show it. But he, he took the, in my, the children's way out. Like, he was a fairy. And I didn't like that. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is I really got this kind of sense um, under the Lampard stewardship that it was almost like academy against 
foreign and like sometimes we'll be losing and that's when he'll throw Gilmore on and at the end of the game we're like well Gilmore did well but he did better than some of the foreign like, and it just felt like there was this building crescendo of like foreign you players. remember the Rudiger uh, shenanigans at the end yeah. they basically tried to pin everything on him right right so so anyway let's let's move on because the reason why I brought that up is because I want to talk about the fact that Werner and Lukaku's injured it was interesting Sesk was doing a question and answer today I think it was his anniversary from his debut and that um, someone asked him about Werner and he said, actually, Werner makes a lot of good runs, but people don't see it. Now, there's this whole thing with, with Cesc and Jorginho and Cesc, sometimes he praises Jorginho, but it feels like one of those, you know, like backhanded compliments and stuff like that. And um, recently he's had to actually really praise him because I remember at the beginning of the Euros, he said he only plays well when Kante's next to him. Obviously, Jorginho was in the team of the, uh, the Euros and stuff like that. And, and, and to be fair, he did give, uh, Jorginho his credit but um, the thing is with Werner we've all seen he gets chances and he misses so like even though like he's saying that Werner does make a good run a lot of good runs and nobody passes which might be true it's it's interesting um, but I really want to kind of talk about Kai number nine now so basically there's been two games since our last um, pod we've had the uh, uh, Southampton game most recently in the League Cup and then before that, we had a Norwich game. So we had, it was a 7-0, and it was 1-1 in Southampton, and we won our penalty. So basically, guys, Alexis, Timpson, keep both of those games in mind that we're going to be talking about players, and then we can reference the Southampton game or Norwich game as it goes along. So Kai played both games number nine. I feel like from the fan base, there's been a weird reaction. And I'm not sure, Timpson, where you stand. I'm not sure, Alexis, where you stand. But it seems like... Um, not, I think it's almost like a division type of thing, but I feel like some people aren't happy with Kai, especially the Norwich 7-0. Kai didn't score a goal, and they were like, hmm, even though it's 7-0, you didn't score a goal, you didn't get an assist. So um, I'm going to go to you first, Alexis. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that um, people are overreacting, or do you think they've got a point? I think people are slightly overreacting. Um... I understand we need our strikers to score and I understand it looks better when you have your agendas. But if you look at it from a proper footballing standpoint, that 7-0 was our best performance. Mm -hmm. And even though Kai didn't get on the score sheet, I thought his all-round play was very good. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a whole narrative that you need a proper number nine these days to be successful. But in reality, you look at Liverpool, you look at Man City, you look at us. Some of the, these teams play best when they don't have that proper number nine, where it's fluid, where he's coming short, and playing it off, doing the one-twos, getting in behind, it's unpredictable. It's given defenders different problems. And I think with Kai, it's the fee. If Kai costs 30 million, everyone would be like, it's a great signing. We're still developing it. But because he costs so much money, people want, they want it right now. They want all you can eat. The pro problem is, I think we just need to be patient. As long as he plays false nine and puts in good performances, Mm -hmm. The way he is, I've got no issue with it. No issue. All right, Timpson, what's your thoughts on it? Because I actually see a lot of Man United fans. So Sancho's getting a lot of heat. Um, obviously, he costs around the same amount. Both come from Germany. Obviously, this is Kai's second year. But I do see a lot of Man United fans when Sancho's getting heat. They're always like, well, what about Havertz? Almost as if they're having similar kind of like, because Sancho's been, let's just be honest, Sancho's been shit. <laughs> you know, he's been sticking out the joint. There's been all of these compilations of low lights. And so so for you, Timson, and I know Kai Havertz, obviously, when we bought him, he scored a lot of goals in the back end of that Bundesliga run. He hasn't scored that many goals for Chelsea. 
I'd caveat that with he's played midfield, he's played all over the shop. At the end of the season, he started playing force nine. Then look, we bought Lukaku, so he's been moved around a lot. But a lot of people are saying, excuses, excuses. Why are we making excuses? So, Tipson, what are your thoughts on Kai and Jeno on Kai force nine? Yeah, um, Kai in general, um, in accord, in kind of like defence of the United fans or kind of to uh, counteract their arguments, what about Kai? Yeah. Kai's got highs in the Premier League thus far. So Kai's got um, the goal against Liverpool. He's got good performances to his name in the league. Yeah. Jaden Sancho, um, I know it's only been seven games or so. He's got nothing to his name Um and even on an international stage, we've seen Kai be the best player against England in the Euros. Um, we haven't seen Jaden Sancho put forward kind of like a string of international performances that we've seen Kai do. So um, at international level, not to mention the goal in the Champions League and yeah. his um, glimpses in the Premier League, he's shown glimpses of his quality. We have not seen that since. Um, we have not seen that outside of a Borussia Dortmund shirt for Jaden Sancho. Now, in regards to Kai as the false nine, I'm kind of in agreement with Thomas Tuchel in the sense that he doesn't see Kai as a false nine. Um, he just sees him as when he plays as a number nine, he is just like a pure number nine. Um, he wins the ball in the air. He holds up play. He um, he links other he links midfielders and um, the two tens behind him. Um, it's not the ideal position for me. Um, but in this in this current back three system, where I would like to see him, which would be as a number eight in a flat midfield three, uh, isn't available. So I think this might potentially be the best position for him. But then again, um, the freedom of being one of those tens role, ten roles can suit him. But I think um, yeah, when he does play as a nine, he does a good job linking the play and everything that I mentioned just now. So we saw him uh, come on for Lukaku, score the goal. Um, that Hudson Doyle put him through great angle. A lot of Kai's goals, like from those angles, they're, they're, they're good to watch, but maybe we don't see enough of them. Like I said, maybe he's played all over the shop, but um, he played in the Malmo game, scored the goal. The Norwich game didn't score a goal. Um, so, Mike, I watched the game, I think for three times actually. And what I noticed, a lot of the goals, a lot of the goals came from us shifting from the left to the right or the right to the left. And it was a lot in the channels the channels like were the spaces because Norwich played the back three I think there was just so many people in that central area so a lot of space um came in the channels which is why Chilwell got the goal Reese James got the goal Hudson they got slipped through in the channel and then obviously that mount goal as well they kind of headed it out and then like it came it came into Kai in the middle but they headed it out and it came to mount but um is there any so like Simpson like 7-0 against Norwich apparently Norwich are like the worst team in the Premier League and the fact that he was man-marked by Hanley. Um, I'm just hearing a lot of people saying, actually, maybe he's not it. So, like, should... With the, with the man-marking thing, is that a good enough excuse? Am I making excuses? Because from what I've seen, and we can compare him to Lukaku a bit, because with Lukaku, he hadn't scored in about five games. Um, now, none of them were against Amalmo because he came off early. It wasn't against Norwich who conceded goals. So everybody's saying Brentford's a different level, etc. is a different level. But we've seen now Kai up front and we've seen Lukaku up front. And I think, Alexis, you were the one that said that was one of our best games of the season. So, Simpson, what do you, who do you prefer? Do you prefer Chelsea so far with Lukaku up front or with Kai up front? And then we'll come to Alexis next. 
I prefer Chelsea with Lukaku up front. Um, I just like having a strong target man who can um, make goals out of nothing. And he's just that reference point that, um, so a good target man can transform a team. And I think Lukaku is more than good enough to do that. And he's not even a target man. He prefers to be an advanced forward and chase balls in behind and um, be a problem with his, with his running game. All right, Alexis, talk to me. I'm going with Havertz. Yeah? Yeah, and for me, it's surely because Timson said it perfectly, Lukaku's not a target man. We're forcing him to do stuff that he's not... It's not his preference. His success last year came from Inter being counter-attackive, having space in behind, and him and Lautaro used to run havoc. All of a sudden, we're playing a completely different way. Lukaku's touch is consistently being tested. His one-two play is consistently being tested in tight areas. If we're going to go that way, surely you go for the player, in my opinion, who is more capable in tight areas. I know Kai is not as prolific as Lukaku statistically, but I think the movement overall will generate more chances for the two wide men in Hudson-Odoi and Mount, for example. Mm -hmm. They will get more chances and be closer to him and in and around him. With Lukaku, I think we lose the fluidity. And everyone knows me. I like flicks, tricks, and I watch football for aesthetic purposes as well. So for me, it's more enjoyable to watch. And I think he'll be more winning football. Okay. So like Havertz, for me as well, because I know people talk about no goals. And and yes, when you look at um, Havertz's goal record, it doesn't look pretty. But again, I think this is someone that plays in loads of different positions. Back end of last season, I don't have the stats hand, but he only played a handful of games um, up top. And in those games, I think he scored like one in two. And then again, in the last three matches or whatever, he's, he's played three games up top. He scored goals. To be fair, I think two of the goals he scored in the... Two of the goals he scored has come from corners. So the Liverpool game, that came from a corner. The Southampton goal, that came from a corner. But... Um, is it, do, are you, Alexis, are you saying that you're willing to have a Firmino as in Havertz as a non-goal scoring? Um, I've got no problem. I got slaughtered, I think it was a year and a half ago when I said I would take Firmino at Chelsea and build a similar system. I don't mind having the two wingers that get the majority of the goals. Like, for example, when we were linked with Lukaku, I said that money shouldn't be going on Lukaku. Kai, that's Kai's role. We should be getting a goal scoring winger. But Because we don't have a goal scoring winger then aren't you worried? Because don't forget, you said hudson Doy and Mount gets the goals, yeah? That was their first time they scored. That game, Mount hadn't scored for 25 games. hudson Doy hadn't scored all season. That was the um, first time they scored that game. But the names I used, it was um, just me throwing them out of the air. Like, for, for example, personally, you lot are going to laugh. I don't mind Werner in this team. As long as it's not with Lukaku. This isn't, this isn't the Geordie podcast, all right? So I wouldn't mind Werner in this thing. Like, I'll be dead honest. I, I do think... You, you, you mentioned a great thing the other day on the Chelsea account about the shot, the number of shots you take usually correlates. Like, the higher up you are, the more goals you get. Yeah. I think Werner's one of the only few in this team that actually shoots. Mm. And he gets into positions where it's not a fluke that he gets that many chances. Yeah. So... I think we need as many shooters on the pitch as possible. And I get the Lukaku argument, but it's just then it's just Lukaku. Okay. With Kai, I think it's others. Okay. So, so Timpsons, you've listened to Alexis and he's kind of sold Kai number nine. Um, we have to remember as well, Lukaku hadn't scored for five games. So it's not necessarily 
goal scorer versus non-goal scorer. Even when Lukaku was scoring, we all recognised actually he's not getting that many chances. But he, at that point, he was converting the chances. And then what happened? He wasn't converting the chances because there were so few and therefore he went on a drought. Now, for Belgium, it seems to work out for him. But at Chelsea, it's not necessarily kind of at this point working. So, Timpson, from everything you've heard, what's your rebuttal in terms of why we should have Lukaku as number nine? Because on the last podcast, I did ask if Kai works whilst Lukaku's out as the, the, the number nine, do we force Lukaku back in? So, what's your thoughts on it? I would probably say, then, why did we buy Lukaku in the first place? All throughout last season, pundits, Chelsea fans, opposition fans, everyone alike said Chelsea is one world-class striker away from being a complete title challenge inside. Mm -hmm. We spent £97 million bringing in someone who fits that to a T. Um, We saw his ability uh, once he had opportunities when he's in a hot streak that um, he can make goals out of nothing. Uh, barely touched the ball against Aston Villa, walks off the pitch with two goals. Um, completely bossed up, completely bossed Arsenal, who were content sitting deep and counter-attacking us, which is how they beat us uh, last season. Um, which is how they beat us last season. Lukaku is a, is a foothold against deep blocks. Um, obviously, he doesn't we probably don't see that that those flicks and tricks that we the combinations that we saw with Kovacic. Hudson Adoy and and Kai. Um, if you swap out Lukaku and Kai, but he is the guy who gets goals. He is that he's he's forever that out ball um, in in regards to his hold up play and his X factor in regards to making goals out of nothing cannot be overlooked. Okay, well to be fair, a lot of the just Lexus, I'll come I'll come to you just quickly, but a lot of the people are complaining saying that don't forget. He hasn't had many chances in the sense it's on the creators to create chances for him. I don't think even looking at his statistics from Syria are, he doesn't take enough shots. That's why I did the thing on the Chessie account. Um, so when it comes down to it, Lukaku, f- for me, it's like coming back in. If you are, you said world-class striker, a world-class striker can create way more. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of these, these games the past five or eight, he hasn't created enough chances. Alexis, what would you going to say? Yeah. Uh, it's exactly what you said. I was looking at his stats just now. His XG is 3.5 at the world, 3.6 at the moment. He averages 2.6 shots a game. That's, That's not enough, especially when I think we lose the, the fluidity of yeah. other players being put in positions to score. Yeah. Like if he was, if his production level was a Salah's level or like even, even a CR7, like yeah. someone that consistently gets you goals, then you're like, okay, cool, we can sacrifice all of that. And with Belgium, he works because he's got four attacking players behind him. The two wing-backs are wingers, basically. Mm. At Chelsea, we don't have that at wing-back. As good as Reese and Ben are, they're not out-and-out wingers that are going to create chances. There's no Hazard and De Bruyne behind him. It's, it's, it's interesting because um, Gary Neville was doing the statistics for Man United showing how their attackers don't press. And, and it showed Cristiano Ronaldo basically rank bottom of the pressing. Lukaku was, I think, third bottom. So what we're losing as well is we're losing, obviously, everyone knows two teams, counter-pressing, pressing, pressing, etc. But again, when you look at the number of touches that Lukaku gets, he doesn't really get that many touches. And so basically what I'm saying anyway is that obviously Lukaku brings this reference point that Tuchel seems to love, and I don't understand why he loves it, but Tuchel wants it. Um, and to be fair, 
at the beginning of the season, he was taking the small chances he was getting, which leads me to believe if he was getting more chances, then he would score. But um, Timson, I'll let you have final word on this. Is anything that I've said or Alexa said kind of convinced you or do you still think, no, actually the best way to go is Lukaku? Uh, the best way to go still for me is Lukaku. Um, obviously, I see your stats about um, pressures per 90 and pressing and how important it is in the modern game. Um, while Ronaldo, well, Ronaldo is t- um, one of the lowest and Lukaku is, um, is an amazing for pressures. His stats for um, turnovers, like in terms of helping to win the ball back mm-hmm. in regards to the number of pressures are actually quite impressive. Yeah. So, um, he's actually quite in- efficient from a pressing perspective. So um, keeping that, keeping that uh, in the team, it would be, would be beneficial. And then just look at, are we, are, are we doing everything um, we can from kind of um, the midfield and defense down to accommodate Lukaku? Obviously we look super fluid and Norwich was our best game, but um, we got a lot of joy in those wide areas because those three centre-backs were drawn out into the wide areas, which is commonly, um, Dan, as you know, you played defence as well. You know you're, a lot of centre-backs are uncomfortable in those wide areas. Well, you yeah. play attack. You play, you are the big man up front. That's probably why you are defending Lukaku, am I right? Uh, obviously, the, it, I'm not going to say it doesn't influence my, um, my thought <laughs> process, but at the same time, um, at the same time, this is a guy who we've seen um, clinical as anything. And if you ask mo- most most centre backs who they'd rather play against, I think most would say Kai. That is true, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's better. But that is true. All right, so let's move on. Um, so again, Kai did score um, in the Southampton game. He got a header from a corner. Um, again, so like he's a set piece threat too, and obviously he scored against Liverpool from a corner, uh, scored against Malmo, um, and that was a left footed finish after Hudson put him through. So let's talk about um, the surrounding players now. Um, let's start with Mount, because Mount scored a hat trick against Norwich. I actually thought the whole performance from most of the players, for me, including Kai, was really good. Mount criticised for open play assists, he got an open play assist, not just any, it wasn't just a tap to the side. It was one of them ones where almost like ice in the back of your head because Reese James made a galloping run. And Reese James's run, I think, I know a lot of people love the finish, but for me, the run in behind to, to outpace the player and to arrive on the ball was sick. But also the pass was amazing. Um, and he's done a pass like that for Kai as well last season. So he got the open play assist um, for the haters. And a lot of people call us Mount haters too. And I definitely think that... Um, Mount's place should have been definitely under question because, again, he hasn't scored in 25 games and he's supposed to be part of the attack. And it's not like he's not been um, given regular football. So, And he said himself, look, he put pressure on himself that so he, he should score. So he got a hat-trick. Um, first goal, uh, great, great little um, shot um, from just outside the box. Um, and then second goal penalty. He did miss the penalty, um, the first one, but it was encroached. He missed the penalty again. Um, Southampton um, and then the third one Loftus-Cheek um, tapped it to him so Mount again as well by the way in the Norwich game I did really like I really liked um, sometimes when we did lose the ball I know we controlled a lot of the game but when we did lose the ball he's got that urgency to make sure he gets back um, and helps out so he gets stuck in so he, he provides a lot so I kind of want to get your thoughts on Mount in the team so far because the attack is kind of like the area I know we've Scored four against Marmo, seven against Southampton. But 
what I'd say is so far, one of the reasons why we're top of the league and one of the reasons why we're doing well is our defence. I think the main reason, sorry, not our attack. But all of a sudden, our attack started to be a bit more fluid. Um, so the fullback scored and then Mount and Hudson was there. So I want to focus on Mount and I want to start with you, Alexis. I saw someone tweet the next team for our next game. They didn't put Mount in there. And Alexis was fuming because he just got a hat-trick. Um, recently anyway so what, what are your thoughts in mountain attack do you like it do you think that actually maybe we should try something different what's your thoughts on mountain attack Southampton Norwich personally I like to reward good performances and at this moment in time you scored a hat-trick you played well the all-round performance was good his energy levels were good we were proactive he was probing and he was for me with mount sometimes the issue is he doesn't make up his mind quick enough on what he's going to do and he's not assertive but on that day, he was very he, – he, as soon as he got the ball, he knew what he was doing. He was releasing Reese, yeah. And he was trying difficult passes, high-degree passes, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's a no-brainer. You have to start him. You reward good performances. Yeah. So the guy put Pulisic in, for crying out loud. Pulisic <laughs> has been out for 75 days. He's both probably in worse condition than I am. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so how you anyone can justify it. But no, Mount, Mount's a good player. Would he start in my default side? No, but that's purely because of the way I like my football played. Yeah. And I'm sticking to this formation that Tuchel is picking. But otherwise, at this moment in time, he needs he should be starting. He got a hat-trick. Why not? Okay. Um, Timpson, uh, give me your opinions on Mount. And I don't know if you guys seen the main character syndrome tweet um, of Mount breathing in before taking the penalty. And to be fair, I believe that it's very Lampard-esque. Do you know, like, I don't know if you guys remember Lampard before. I think certain players have a routine before they take penalties. To kind of James did the, the same thing. I James, swear to God, James did the exact same thing. I feel like the facial expressions, not just the breathing, the facial expressions remind me of Lampard. It reminds, and there's nothing to it. There's nothing I'm trying to suggest or connote, but it reminded me of Lampard which just means to me maybe he kind of really respects Lampard because obviously Lampard was an amazing penalty taker. Um, but a lot of people are accusing him of this main character syndrome thing. So I'll come back to you, Alexis, if you have uh, any um, comments on this. But Timpson, for you, I don't know if you have you seen it and what's your thoughts on, on that? Um, him taking a deep breath, I feel like that's so normal um, <laughs> when taking a penalty. Honestly, um, I've been of the mindset where I've stepped up, I've taken a deep breath because my heart might be beating a bit faster and the nerves might be creeping in, taking a deep breath, focusing, looking at how big the goal is to hit and just um, exhaling to calm myself down. Simpson, I, don't th- I don't think what they were suggesting was the deep breath, though. Like, I think, I think personally, it was the facial expressions that he was doing, which I think was Lampardesque. But I feel like the facial expression was more like, OK, cool basically being mean like forget anybody else i'm gonna score this so i think hey. it's just him sacking himself up yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I, I got this moment yeah yeah go to, your, go to your local gym and you'll see people with similar grins when they're lifting weights like con- like in deep concentration just getting in their zone i think it's um yeah i think it might be a tad over talked okay okay so forget about the facial expressions the breathing the woosa do you know what i'm saying forget all of that but do you think he's got, Alexis, do you think he's got main character syndrome? That's what they accused him of having. I think Mount has come back this year with a almost chip on his shoulder. I can almost say, like, he believes 
his own hype. But I think it's difficult not to believe your own hype at his age. Like he's 22 years old. Whether he deserves to be or not, he is the face of the team at this moment in time. He's got a banner. I had an issue with the banner for that specific reason. I feel, I feel like you earn stuff like that. Yeah. You don't get given stuff at the age of 22. Like, um, But he's the face of the team. And pe- people are already shouting for him to be captain, which I think it, it gets to a person's ego. Uh, he most probably believes his own... His shit doesn't smell. Excuse my French. He, he, I, I look, I've seen Mount... Um, I've, do you know when you can tell someone starts, there's a cockiness that comes and you can see it, you can visibly see it. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. What I always say is, Salah talked about it um, in an interview. Um, they said, do you think you're the best in the world? He goes, yeah, that's my job. I have to think I'm the best in the world. If I don't believe I'm not the best in the world, then I won't become that. We all know Mourinho went to Lampard, told him you're the best midfielder in the world. And it was all psychology. And especially for players that need to put the team on their back. They have to kind of be selfish. They have to want to be the main character. A lot of people got onto Robin. You're greedy. Cristiano Ronaldo at Man United, you're greedy, you're selfish, you're greedy, you're selfish, all of that type of stuff. And I think Mount, a lot of the criticisms, try a hero ball, all that type of stuff. I feel like um, a lot of times we try to kill that, the ego. But when it comes down to it, when you, when you have to put the team on your back, which Mount tries to do, you kind of have to have that ego. You have to want to be the hero. You have to see yourself as the best. You have to be cocky. Now, the only difficult thing is, if you put that, if you try, if you try to do that, you have to back it up. Do you know what I'm saying? You can't have that and then not score many goals and not score in 25 games. Um, so that's my my take on it. Like, be having ego, being cocky, that's fine. But when it comes down to it, if you're going to be selfish, you're going to not um, pass it, and you're going to have to, you're going to welcome all of this kind of pressure. You kind of have to deliver. Um, better cash those checks. Exactly, exactly. But what I'd say is um, the Norwich game, um, he got man of the match. He got the, the hat trick. Um, and in the Southampton game, he came on. I don't really think he did that well um, when he came on, but it's, it's minor. We got through. Um, so Hudson-Odoi now. Let's talk about Hudson-Odoi. He was the other um, player um, for the Norwich game in attack. Finally gets left wing, Timpson. Hudson-Odoi is your boy. Stocks in him for ages, even through the what do they call it? The dip. You, you've been backing him heavily. You started a rivalry against Pulisic, I think, because of him. Maybe that's an accusation. I don't know. But Hassan Doe, I did the stats on Chelsea Hour. Check out the tweet. He came through the academy playing left, and Hassan Doe has been vocal about it because a lot of times I've just been saying I can, I can feel that Hassan Doe because he when Tuchel came in, he started playing right wing back, and then all of a sudden he stopped playing right wing back, and I feel like. T- Hudson Odoi went to Tuchel saying, "No, actually, I want to play left wing." And I think Hudson Odoi has come out publicly, publicly saying, "No, actually, the place that I want to play is left wing. That's the place where I was coming through playing." And um, he's got some chances there so far. Um, so, Timpson, how are you liking Hudson left wing? And give me your opinion on the difference between Hudson right wing back, Hudson right wing, and Hudson left wing. All right. So let's start off with Hudson, um, left wing. This is his natural position. This is where when he drifts in infield, he's on a stronger foot, more of the goal to aim at, um, still can cut, go wide left um, and still cross with his left foot. Obviously, it led to the Max Aaron's own goal against Norwich. Um, He's just got a lot more options. With Hudson-Odoi as a right winger, um, 
he's limited to an extent. So um, defenders have don't have to worry as much about him drifting in on his left foot and shooting. Um, so it minimises his infield shooting uh, threat from that perspective. But he can still dribble. Um, he's obviously going to more likely go on the outside, which makes it easier. But he's still got... he On that right wing, he can showcase his... Um, above average crossing. So um, we've seen him put in this quite good balls for Morata and the like over the years playing right wing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, while he's not like ineffective there, um, it's a different kind of Hudson Adore you see playing right wing. As a right wing back, mm-hmm. um, it's very, it's not too dissimilar to what you see of him at right wing, but starting from a deeper position, depending on the opposition. And um, obviously depending on, um, who he's having to mark defensively, you might see um, you might see his attacking output diminish a little bit. So yeah. um, obviously, left wing is clearly his best position. Yeah. Um, we've all, we haven't seen him as we've, I've seen him as a ten for the under twenty ones, which is a bit of a mixed bag itself. But um, I would probably say left wing is obviously right. by far and far and away his best position. If you was to rate all three of them out of ten, and what you get out of him in each quickly and then start from right wing back then go to right wing then go to left wing all right um so left wing um it's a 10 out of 10 in terms of getting utilizing his full ability right wing he's probably um a 7 8 out of 10 Mm -hmm. um on, on on a good day uh, right wing back, you're looking at probably um, a six, maybe a seven, if he if 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 things are going his way. Um, and as a ten, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that as like a six seven also. All right, cool. All right, cool. Alexis, on to you. Hudson Odoi left wing. Um, is Hudson Odoi underrated or overrated? Because I know it just kind of seems sometimes people are like he's the worst. And other times, people are like, wow, we've got a real player here. Um, so, so has the left wing um, Hudson Odoi changed your opinion on him? Um, left wing Hudson Odoi is one of the best young talents in world football. What left wing Hudson Odoi, in my opinion, is in the same, it's controversial, I'm about to say, and Sufati level, Caden Sancho level, um, Gio Reyna, he's in that category where you're like, this kid can be something special. Mm-hmm. And he just needs game time. Every time he plays, he's playing with people in their prime, and he looks like the most creative outlet. Mm-hmm. He he's got more consistency than Ziyech, who is 28, 29, who should be more consistent at this moment in time. He delivers good passes and he takes on so many people and attracts so much attention, it just creates so much opportunities. Yeah. So left wing Hudson Adoy is a must. Saw- I think go on. Yeah, I think he's he, he should be one of the first team first names on the team sheet, and it's got nothing to do with us just be, being Hudson Odoi stands as I get called all the time. So I get too. I, I always say, tell me Sorry. in that squad who plays better than him on a consistent basis. Does he have a bad game? Yes, because he's twenty or twenty one. Like, well, well, Tuchel said that he's like Tuchel actually vocally said because I know a lot of people have kind of said it feels like this manager's being harsh on him, and it's like. Lampard, we said the same. Is he being harsh? So it's almost like, are we, are are they being harsh, or maybe Hudson Doyle is not up to it? But no, Tuchel actually came out and said, we're being harsh. We're, we're not even playing in the right position. We're playing him right wing back, and he's a left winger. Um, 
So what do you think about that? That Tuchel admitted that it was being harsh on him. And then Tuchel also said something which wasn't really, I don't think it was linked. Potentially the reason why Tuchel said this is because it's come out or there's whispers or rumours that Barcelona approached Tuchel um, because obviously they're looking for a new manager. Tuchel is clearly really happy at Chelsea. He's come from a circus, what he described as a circus at PSG, where he said that he was more of a, I can't remember what he used, but he had to like um, list, talk to the family members and he didn't feel like a manager. He felt more like a social worker or something like that. Yeah. Um, so like he's happy at Chelsea, but he literally said he doesn't like dealing with entourages, et cetera, et cetera. Now, everybody knows that Bradley Hasselhoff is a, a difficult character to deal with. I think that's almost his brand. He's like, listen, clubs aren't going to bully me. I'm going to look after my 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 um, clients. And obviously Hasselhoff is a client. So potentially it might be, maybe that's the reason why he's been harsh on him. But Tuchel's actually admitted, I've been harsh on Hasselhoff. I did the stats on the Chelsea account of the times he's played left wing. And invariably, when he's played left wing, he scored. Now, the Norwich game, um, the movement that he made for Kovacic to, to make the pass and then finish, that was great. And I've said for a while that when Hudson left, invariably, he scores. We saw it against Krasnodar when he played on the left, West Brom when he played on the left, um, other games as well. And he hasn't played on the left that many times, but we remember him cutting in the scoring. So I'm looking to see in left wing Hudson because when it comes down to it, when you're scoring goals, then people kind of really take you in. Now, Sancho has obviously come to Manchester United. Sancho spent three years in the Bundesliga getting regular football. Sancho is a year older than Hudson Odoi. And so far, when you look at it, and who, who looks the better talent in the Premier League? It looks like Hudson Odoi. And this is someone that was, you know, a lot of Chelsea fans wanted and rumoured for 120 million. So it's very interesting. Um, Timpson, what do you feel about Tuchel? being harsh on Hudson? I don't understand it. Um, obviously, I'm all for a firm hand as long as it's consistent. I know some players are need to be like being shouted at. Some players play best when there's an arm around him. But with Hudson Adoy, he's compl- he he recently said we've probably been a bit unfair the way we played him right wing. Mm. Where was this energy when Pulisic has been giving you mixed performances? When Zayek has been stinking up the pitch? When Mounts had his bad days? Kai, it's just not been consistent with Hudson Adoy. Um, and a lot of people are saying he's never had that clear. Um, opportunity to just show what he can do under any circumstance, under any manager, apart from maybe sorry towards the end. So with Tuchel, I'm just confused. Like, where's the consistency? Because he's, he seems like a very level manager as well. Hmm. So maybe it is that external force that Bradley Hudson-Odoi that's impacting the the, the treatment of of Hudson-Odoi. He explained it, Alexis. I'm going to come to you. He explained it. He said almost like when, when, people are that talented sometimes they need a little bit more of harsh treatment so uh, a lot of people I know Babs for a while he was just like does Tuchel rate Hudson does Tuchel rate Hudson Tuchel's come out and said he's harsh on him because he sees kind of like star quality in him and again talking about PSG he talked about working with Mbappe and Neymar and how he hated that and because obviously they're real like star players um, so maybe for me maybe he's trying to make sure that uh, Hudson Odoi is a hard-working player, a little bit more humble as well. Um, we talked about Mount and how cockiness can help players. I liked when Hudson Odoi came through. He was cocky. 
And so I don't necessarily think humbleness is good for attacking players. Do you know what I'm saying? Humbleness, when you're cocky, you try things, you're audacious, and you know, you believe in yourself, you've got a confidence. So, so what is your thoughts? But one thing I've noticed about Hassan Adoy is he's working hard. And even Hassan Adoy said himself, I want to score on assists and I want to work hard. So what, what is your thoughts on this? Is this a good thing or is this a bad thing, Alexis? I think it's a great thing. And I, I kind of disagree with Timson in that aspect. I feel like this, under Sari, he was getting an education of how to become a modern-day left winger in the attacking third and the defensive third for winning football. Under Frank, I feel like due to Frank's inexperience, that coaching can't be there as a man who's had 15 to 20 years of developing players like Sari. So now that Tuchel's coming in, it's a long process and it will take time to develop Hudson. But I feel like we're reaping the rewards now. Would I have done it quicker? Yeah, but I'm impatient and I'm a fan and I'm not in the same position as Thomas Tuchel, whose job's on the line. Mm -hmm. I understand when you spend £50 million on a striker who plays on the left wing in Werner, he'll get an opportunity. When Ziyech, who's experienced, you will give him a chance. But now it feels like he's jumped them in the pecking order. So it feels like he's earned that position. And you can see with Callum, he, he's a completely different player off the ball now. Mm. His sprinting stats, I think, referring to Gary Neville again, his sprinting, like, pressing stats, what, I think he was the highest Chelsea player on that yeah. list. Yeah. And the work rate's there. And he's more assertive in the final third now. Like, he knows, I need to make the correct decision yeah, sometimes he doesn't try the silky things like we used to to get us off our chairs. But I think he's just developing to be a good player. Sorry said, I think, in an interview three months ago, um, people were putting too much pressure on Callum Hudson-Odoi. They weren't let, giving him time to develop. I think everyone wants Project Mbappe. Like, but we need to remember, Mbappe is like one of a every two, three generations. There's not many. Yeah. So I think we just need to be patient and... The others aren't performing, so why can't we be patient with Callum? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so long may we see uh, left-wing Cho. Um, so on to the guys that are almost like vying for these positions, because it seems like currently, especially with the Kaka, well, Hudson and Mount, it feels like it's they're, they're the supporting guys right now. Guys up front. Barkley, we'll come on to him. But Ziyech, we talked about him a little bit. Ziyech has got main uh, character syndrome. He's always trying... To shoot, we, we knew that. Um, one thing I've noticed is that he, he he does lose the ball quite a lot. It does break down around him quite a lot. Um, these two games, I think he was the one that put Ruben through um, and then Ruben squared it to Mount, so, which was good. He was the one that um, done the corner for Kai to do the header right, which was good. Um, but, I don't know, it seemed frustrating. Now, here's the thing. I always say this with players that aren't, in the team and are trying to get in. They're going to try and force things. But we know already that Ziyech is a forcer. He's linked with Milan. Um, it doesn't seem to be working out with him, even the Southampton game. Again, he's not in the team right now. Um, he came off early, which isn't a good sign. Um, where are we at with Ziyech? Because it does seem like maybe this kind of experiment is going to come to a close soon. So we'll start with you, Tips, and then we're on to Alexis. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see, to be honest. Um, I'm not quite sure where it ends up, but um, I think Tuchel is 
making notes of everything that he's seeing in regards to performances from um, individuals and uh, different combinations. So whatever happens, Chelsea will come out of this scenario with um, the absence of Werner and Lukaku more refined and um, with a better tactical understanding of how to get the best uh, possible lineup for games going forward. That's a, that's a great point. That is a great point. One thing I've said, having too many attackers provides mess. You don't get to understand your players or you might get to understand three of them, but not the rest of them. And like you said, with Pulisic out, with Werner out, with Lukaku out, we've got to learn a bit more, especially about Hudson-Odoi. That's just given us to learn about Hudson-Odoi. But um, yeah, Ziyech has come in. I think it's unfair. I try not to be too harsh on players that aren't getting regular football at um, Alexis. And again, like I said, when he came on against Norwich, he had some good curlers. Um, he had some good shots. Um, he did He did do the through ball to Loftus-Cheek and then Southampton game. It was really frustrating. I remember the commentator as well was really on him too. But he did do the corner for, for Kai. So it's a weird one because we all knew that he was one of those people that, you know, was a volume guy and some things will come off. And again, in these two little kind of cameos, things have come off. Um, so what, where, where are you at with Ziyech, Alexis? I never wanted Ziyech initially. Like, <laughs> I, I'll be so honest. Like, for me, it was such an Arsenal-level signing. Yeah. And it's frustrating to even, like, look back at it now because mm. I felt like the club went for the cheaper option. Yeah. The, the realistic option that summer was save that money, Use the money that you signed Werner and um, uh, Ziyech for. Go get Sancho in our system. Maybe it would have been different. That's what I would have done that summer. Yeah, but does that look look good right now? Sancho doesn't look good. Uh, but Sancho's get have. There's a big Oli tax on it. Like, uh, I, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Continue. Continue. You know what's scary about um, the Ziyech thing? Mm-hmm. I don't even think our, um, Ajax fans would take him back because Anthony is Anthony. doing madness. Yeah, Anthony's gangster. Anthony. He's got no intensity. That's my issue with him. Like, he looks lethargic. He looks like he just had a roast dinner on Christmas and he doesn't want to move around. Like he, he's Everything he does, he just wants to play the ball long. It's frustrating yeah. to watch because when like it works, he's got, like, he's got four assists, I think, for us in, two seasons, well, in a season and a bit. Yeah, and that's just not good enough. You're in the prime of your career. Like, surely this isn't what we're meant to expect. And like you said, Dan, like we have to be fair. He's not getting the minutes on a consistent basis to build up some momentum. Mm. But sadly, at Chelsea, you need to earn that. And for me, he just needs to move on. Like, he's not good enough for Chelsea. We need to cut our losses. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I was Mares, like <laughs> the nicest way I can put it. Um. I mean, he had a good preseason, which got a lot of us because I was never a fan of the signing. Hey, um, do you remember Marco Marin? He had a great preseason too. <laughs> All right, cool. So I want to talk about Barkley now because for me, it's kind of weirdly confusing because from what I've seen, he came on in the Norwich game for Kai in the false nine. Um, he, I think he done some good linking up. Um, they put him through. I can't remember who put him through. Um, was it Hudson Odoi or was that in the next game? But anyway, yeah, he got put through. He made some good. I know, like, it was difficult for Kai because there's so many people in the middle. But for Barkley in both games, he managed to, to get through. He didn't score on both of them. I think he should have scored on both of them. But for me, again, like, I think Barkley and Havertz, I know Havertz kind of links up with a lot of the good players. I feel like there's certain players that are on a level, like Hudson, Barkley, Kai, Kovacic, those players, they play on a level where they link up well. 
And there was a good piece of play between Barkley and Havertz, and Havertz ended up with a shot at the end. Um, it was a good counter-attack. And I think Barkley has got a lot of quality, but I always seem to see it, and everybody else can't see it. So I know, Timpson, you're not really a fan, but in these two cameos, um, not saying that he should sign a, a five-year contract or whatever, but have you seen good things from Barkley, or am I crazy? No, you're definitely not crazy. How can um, you not see good things? Um, he's shown, he's outshone thus far in performances. Someone that we paid five million to loan from Atletico Madrid in San Miguel's. Um, the ball he put f- um, against Southampton for the um, for Werner's goal. Um, well, which led to Werner's goal from Aspie's cross. Um, and even just him just trying to um, stake a claim for himself, there's a certain level of hunger. So his, I, his, his, his eyes aren't, aren't dead in regards to kind of wanting to fight for his place and he's not going through the motion. So, yeah, definitely good things coming from Ross Barkley. Yeah, he tried to get the penalty too because like, when it comes down to it, Mount is already kind of secured in the Chelsea kind of pantheon. But obviously, like, he does seem to want to be part of this, which is why, you know, when you come on, you have to kind of leave a mark. And I think he wanted that penalty just to say, OK, cool, I'm getting assists. I've got a goal, et cetera, et cetera. Alexis, where are you at on Barkley? We talked about you and CH saying get rid of him. Um, Barkley was someone else supposed to be shipped out on loan. He's coming and actually he's shown that he can offer us something. Where are you at on Ross? I'm very indecisive on Ross. I see, like, as a fifth or sixth choice midfield option, he's fantastic to have, right? But I just feel like for the player and for the club, I think it's best to move on. Let's get a little fee for him, move him on. And, yeah, it just didn't work out. It never seemed like the right signing when we made it. But he's he's got talent. And what I like from him is he still cares about his career. There's many players that would be – drink. look at Drinkwater. didn't care at one point. Mm-hmm. So his career could go exactly the same way because they both have off-field issues. Mm-hmm. But allegedly. Before, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but I just feel like it's time to move on from Barkley. Yeah. It's, he, but, you know, it, he looks like someone fighting for his career because yeah. it, I think a deal to Burnley fell, fell through last minute on the loan. Yeah. So if that's the level he's going to, yeah, that's scary for him. Yeah, it's scary, but when it comes down to it, if, as long as you're in a Premier League, that's a platform for me. Do you know what I'm, what I'm saying? Like, it's not good because he shouldn't be at the level. I think the fact that he can come on and he can look better than a lot of these players that we signed loads of money for, it, it shows that he's good. But at the same time, like, he could be his own enemy. But moving on from Barkley, um, Pulisic is training again. <laughs> so, Timpson, get sharpen your agendas because he's going to be back soon. Um, we're linked with Eden Hazard. So, Pulisic, Eden, I've already talked about the fact that we've got loads of attackers. Um, first question, guys, Eden's been linked with Newcastle too. Apparently Chelsea and Newcastle are the ones that I looked in January. Ancelotti has come out and said he's not impressed with him. And Ancelotti is a nice guy. I didn't expect it. Ancelotti said the reason why Hazard's not playing is because he doesn't deserve to play. Nostalgia uh, might want us to bring him back, but is it the right thing to do? We'll start with Alexis. Uh, I don't give up on my goat. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it, if it means we have to re-sign him, so be it. Bring him back on a nice contract that benefits Chelsea and him. Mm. Um, personally, I, I haven't watched much of him, but when I have seen him, 
it's staying fit that's the issue. The quality is still there. Like when you watch that Belgium, I watched the Belgium-France game, the most recent one. Mm-hmm. And he looked good for 45 minutes. He was still the best player on the pitch. And that pitch had Benzema, Mbappe mm-hmm. and De Bruyne on it. Like for 45 minutes when Belgium were 2-0 up, he looked amazing. He was creating chances. He was in between lines in the same formation we currently play. Yeah. But it's keeping him fit. And whether it's... I've seen Madrid's leg day. Yeah, I don't know what form they do, like they have. <laughs> and throwing weight like, on your legs like that doesn't work for me. I don't know. But maybe it's, he wants to come back to England. But I'm, if it's Newcastle or Chelsea, I do not want to see him in a Newcastle game. I'm sorry. All right. So if he comes back, like I said, ZH Mount, Hudson all this type of stuff. We've just, Hudson's just getting back into the team, Simpson. Your boy, left wing. And then you want to bring Eden, the left wing guy back, that obviously has so much history with Chelsea, uh, linked with Newcastle. What's the right move here? What is the right move here? Because it does feel like we're missing a player like Eden, Simpson. So what is the right move? I feel like the right move is to wish him well um, from afar. I don't think bringing him back to the club is, I don't think it's the right move at all. Uh, Obviously, we're missing that X factor. I saw something like um, in their prime, who would you have um, for your team? And it was prime Ronaldinho versus prime Zidane. And I picked prime Dino because we need that X factor. Something that obviously Edin's brought to us for many, many years. Mm -hmm. But um, we're bringing in a diminished Eden Hazard. Um, without guarantees that we're going to see the Eden Hazard we saw for seven years at the club. Mm-hmm. And we're bringing back a player um, who brings those unknowns, but he brings a known he brings a known lack of ability to press. And I don't think Tuchel will stand for that. We've seen how detrimental um, Ronaldo's been to uh, Man United's press and the importance pressing's playing and for someone who doesn't work on the defensive end as hard and who might not even bring the um, offensive firepower that allowed us to overlook that defensive liability um, I just can't see it Okay, and then, and that's before you get onto the pathways like Hudson-Odoi uh, Pulisic and whoever else getting pushed down the rung and if, Pulisic, if it comes down to Pulisic, 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 Pulisic. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for his tickets he can go <laughs> I mean he's, he seems like he's tired he's, he's done enjoying the free healthcare and the, of the <laughs> NHS isn't it? He, he's right. done now he's, he's back to training I saw I saw a rumour this is just a rumour I don't know the sources I'm not really that's the source guy I saw a rumour Dortmund are saying to Chelsea listen keep us informed about Werner keep us informed about Pulisic Keep us informed about uh, Hudson Odoi. Was there a fourth as well? No, I saw the three. It was the three. It was the three. It was the three. Okay, so um, Alexis, you said you're taking Eden back. Um, yeah, means- but Timson's spot on, by the way. I- I'm just, I'm, right. I'm that deluded fan that, okay, okay, okay. that remembers what he done. Timson's spot on here. Fair enough. So Dortmund that are keeping an eye on these players. Is there any player that you're thinking, all right, cool, let's, um, let's send them to Dortmund? No problem. Take Timo. If, if if the right money comes in for Timo, mm-hmm. I'm happy to move him on. Right money comes in for Pulisic, which for me at this moment in time is 40 million. Mm-hmm. So give me 40 million. I will happily cash in and just eat right. the loss. So, 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 so far, I know that this is his first season and I'm going to go <laughs> come back to Sancho, but so far, um, 
Pulisic has obviously he started the season and I think he's got more um, goal contributions than Sancho. So obviously uh, United signed Sancho for how much? Was it 70 million? Mm-hmm. Um, so don't you think that if if we do sell Pulisic, we should be looking for more than 40 million to go, to go there? Because uh, Pulisic nope. actually takes players on. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot yeah, of United broken. players are playing. He's broken. Like, he's been injured 42% of the time he's been at Chelsea. Like, I, I don't think we can demand, like, serious money for a player Facts. that's not going to be fit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Facts. All right, Dan, so, obviously, um, I heard an American pundit say this, the best ability is availability. And yeah. availability breeds reliability. And if you're not available, you're not reliable. Nobody's paying more than um, 30 million for an, an unreliable player even in this current market. No matter how many T-shirts you're going to sell in Philadelphia, like it's not going to work. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's wrap up. I wanted to keep it to a quick Chelsea hour. We're focused on attack. Let's blitz through now. Just quickly talking on the midfield. Jorginho, Kovacic. Sometimes when players are doing good, it's good because you don't really have to really get into like the weeds and have long debates. But what, what I want to say about Jorginho, and I want to sense check with you guys, is that Kovacic, I think, has been amazing. Obviously, Kovacic, five assists. We just talked about Ziyech, who I think has got like four assists altogether at Chelsea. Kovacic, five assists this season. Um, the way that he beats the press, I think one of the reasons why he played the Southampton game, because he was amazed in the Norwich game, he probably deserved the rest, but Loftus-Cheek got injured. Kovacic has been amazing. I think everybody's saying he's in the split out for the player of the season, along with Mendy and Chalabar. But so far, obviously, it's early days. But I feel like Jorginho gets overrated because I watch these games for this podcast, not just once, twice, but I've, sometimes I watch it three times. And I think Jorginho is, is such a great foil for Kovacic. He's, I feel like he's getting even better. I don't know if it's the blonde hair that's convincing me. I don't know, but he looks like he's getting even better. This is a player, obviously, Ballon d'Or, and people were saying, why is he Ballon d'Or and the game's in the mud, etc. This is a player that deep-lying playmaker, but also kind of rivals the kind of destroyers for tackles and interceptions. And... Um, even like just he's the, he was the captain against Norwich and like there's videos when Vernon misses and he's there saying keep your head up when Mount scores a hat-trick he's giving him the ball so he's the, he's like a people person too Kante comes out saying he's the funny guy so like he's got so many assets to our team and I feel like he's an asset for us but I do feel like even in the games he's playing he's playing well this season I think he's going under the radar so I just wanted to sense check um, that with you guys how do you feel like Jordan is performing this season? Alexis? Um, for me, Jorginho's standards, um, just like the, all the players that went deep in the Euros, they're not as like at the level that they were towards the end of the season. Oh. But it still doesn't mean he's been bad. Like I think he's been so good and it highlights how deep our squad is. Jorginho is important. I remember, I think it was two years ago, we used to complain we had no leaders in the team. Mm. All of a sudden now, I look around this whole team and all I see is leadership qualities. Yeah, I'll go like, really Jorginho. Aspie stepped up. Even Mendy. Christensen. Like Mendy, Mendy yeah. Mendy, Mendy shouting at them. Mendy was shouting at Hudson Doe when he almost fucked up. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, Sorry. like, and I think it's so important, right, that the spine of the team and the defence has especially good leaders. Mm. And Jorginho, in my opinion, is one of the best leaders we have at the club yeah. i think it was very telling like you said the mount thing you know the way he brought the ball to him yeah. he gave it to him yeah. it's almost like he's taken the younger players under his tutelage and he's like this is how you do it to be a good pro yeah I, I'm, I'm not physically the most blessed but 
I'm a good footballer. I've got the brain for it. I look after my body in the right way as well because I'm hardly ever injured. It's a good example. Like, I think that's people don't speak about that enough. He's so reliable because he's always fit. And, and I think I think his game almost embodies his personality on the pitch in terms of his personality off the pitch because the, the kind of servitude to hear Mount, this is your ball, you deserve it. It's almost like when he's playing the one-touch football, like Kovacic is the foil. He's like, listen, I'm doing this for you. He sacrifices so much, whether it's like, we know he's not the fastest, but he's going to run to try to make that interception, to try to make that tackle. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he sacrifices quite a lot. Like, I think with him, there's a lot of sacrifice. And even when it's like playing, like the simple balls, et cetera, et cetera. I just, he's not trying to be the man. He's not trying yeah. to be the man. He's facilitating. So I think that's, I think that's great. Um, um, remember Chalabar said when he went to Napoli? Yeah. Mate. You could tell Jorginho's class a mile away and he said he's one of the best players he's ever trained with yeah and, and it's just telling because so many ballers like proper footballers that we all respect always talk in such a high regard about him madison yeah. said it loftus said it when he went to when he got called into the italian team a lot of people were saying we didn't think it was that good but then when he started training with um, him lukaku said it too that midfield's built around him like Verratti and barella in that in that midfield and sensi yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jorginho is the main piece. I think he's doing something right in his career. Yeah. yeah. So Kovacic, um, he's having an amazing season. Amazing season. A lot of people, um, the huge criticism was what he brings to the final third, but obviously five assists. But just the way that he's, a, like, Ruben loves a sheep. We all know, like, he kind of spins and then he's just in this thing where he's gone past their midfield and he's just, like, Kovacic, I'm seeing a lot more of that from him. And he's finding the final passes. He's doing amazing. I don't know if there's anything more to add, but I feel like... He listens to the pod as well. <laughs> Why did you say that? Because there's no way all of a sudden he woke up and decided to play those balls through <laughs> that you and me have been screaming about for like the past two years. It's crazy. It's crazy. But so, yeah, he's been incredible. But what I want to hone in on, finalising, I want to talk about RLC because RLC came in the Norwich game and I think that that cameo went under the radar because Mount scored a hat-trick. But obviously he saw Mount for the goal, but... Also, just defensively, like all round, defensively, um, physical, physical wise, dribbling, passing. I thought he was a, a great. Um, he's obviously got a little niggle. Hopefully, like he's gonna be back. But the depth that we have is crazy. And I just want to quickly move on to Saul because um, Saul's first kind of appearance against Aston Villa was probably one of the worst debuts I've ever seen. But the Southampton game, Alexis Timpson, what did you think of his performance against Southampton? Meh, average. Okay. Like his debut against Aston Villa set the bar very, very low. So um, against Southampton, he was just, he wasn't good. He wasn't bad. Um, he, but overall, he was better than what I'd seen. Okay. Uh, Alexis, do you prefer? I don't think he was great, but I don't think he was, man, I think it was a good performance from him. The only problem from him, for him is now our standards are so high. Yeah. Our standards are to the point where it's basically oh, our B grade's good, but everyone else in our team at the moment is playing at an A grade. Like yeah. Kova's playing out of his skin. Ruben's putting in performances where you're saying should he be starting on a weekly basis. Yeah. And then you start seeing Jorginho and Kante and you're like, okay, so he's the fifth choice. Yeah. So he needs to do something extra ordinary. And he's he's on loan. So for me, I actually think that I just feel I think he had a really, really good performance. I think it was hardworking, he was aggressive. 
He was tenacious, sporting tackles. He had headers. He had curlers. Do you know what I'm saying? I thought that was an all-round midfield performance. However, it did. I didn't look at it thinking he should be ahead of RFC. He's in big trouble with the fan base, though, because I think that first performance was so it's, bad, it's going it, to take a lot it, to recover. It, it is. But what I'm trying to be is objective. And I think, forget about that first performance. Even with that performance, which it, it kind of encourages me thinking, okay, cool, if we have loads of injuries in midfield, Hopefully he's not that because in my head it was imprinted as a liability. Now I'm like, actually, it might work. He might have be, be adjusted. But at the same time, our, like you said, RLC is playing to a level where it's like Kovacic, Jovino, Kante. They're amazing. I feel like they're world class. But I think RLC is playing to that level where it's like, if they're not playing and RLC is playing, there's no drop off. Um, so as Saul had a good performance, I think he had a really good performance. But I do think that that. That midfield, which currently it's two people that's fighting for it. We've got so many bodies there. But shout out to Saul because he did. I think that, that compared to at least the Aston Villa tips, you've got to give it to him. I think he improved. Um, just kind of wrapping up quickly, Saul, I thought, was very clumsy again. Um, but I really want to hone in on uh, Trevor Chalabar because Trevor Chalabar, I know that when it comes down to it, Livermento's out on loan. We had a Cobham day on Saturday where <laughs> obviously we scored seven. And the Cobham boys, Mount, uh, Reese, and Hudson scored. But all of us, other people that came through the academy, Livermento, I think he scored. He hit the post. Brozier was doing. So we had a Cobham day. Like even Michael Alisse was playing good for. And Lamptey came back from injury. It was just, it was just a really good day for Cobham graduates. Um, but Chalabar, I think it's insane to me what he's been doing. Um, Livermento, a lot of people wanted to come back. Everybody's like, okay, but. Where are we going to play Reese James? People like Reese James, right centre back. Where did I put Chalaba? Chalaba played in the Southampton game. He played in the middle of defence, and obviously uh, we got Tibson, who has the majority shareholders in the, in uh, Trevor Stock. Um, you, you're always saying that, yeah, in the middle in, in defence and field. People like you know people haven't seen anything yet, and that like, he was amazing there. And Trevor Chalaba, who's tall, got the physicality, got the composure when he goes up. In attack, he doesn't look lost. He's just got he's got everything. And uh, when it comes down to it, he's not even looking like a 70, 80. He looks like a 100 million pound defender. Do you know what I'm saying? Christensen has looked amazing, but Chalaba sets the level so high. People are talking about the lit and, and all these other guys because Thiago Silva's gone. But that performance I saw from Chalaba in the middle and just generally, I have barely seen him make a mistake. I feel like he's been fantastic. Timpson, I'm going to go to you because I feel like I shouldn't even really speak on him. You had the, the vision and you saw it from early. Um, talk to me about Chalabar this season. Ah, oh, Chalabar this season is very, very exciting. And he poses a very interesting thought. Um, so you look at his first loan, Ipswich, um, played in midfield. Um, he was their bright spark in a season that ended in relegation, but he didn't kind of, draw the attentions that maybe a Conor Gallagher did on, on loan or someone else kind of like someone that Chelsea should think about integrating. Second loan spelled at Huddersfield, um, more of the same kind of average performances, um, didn't really win over Huddersfield fans in terms of wanting to stay for them for the majority. Um, and his stint in France is where he kind of grew massively and obviously caught the attention of Thomas Tuchel in the long term. 
this season he's come back to a system that he's familiar with in terms of the academy and the players that he played with at, at academy level, the style of play being comfortable on the ball. And um, these are things that these are elements that weren't there when he was on loan at um, no disrespect, but lesser clubs. And um, maybe that's why he didn't shine as well as he is now. But now he's in this he's in this environment that he's kind of been um, brought up in at academy level. He is now just excelling. This is a guy who's comfortable, obviously, in midfield or um, in defence. Obviously, Valencia wanted him as a six. I've heard stories that Monaco were looking to buy him as the replacement if they were to lose Chomeni as a six. So that shows you the level. Um like we're trying to, we're, we're linked with a guy and um, the club who is the selling club is looking to get our boy as a replacement. And then you take that comfort on the ball, the physical attributes in terms of his height, um, decent pace, aerial ability. And now he's um, working in the gym with a PT to get a bit of, a little bit of muscle mass on there as well to just build out a little bit. And you put him right centre back and he looks amazing um, you give him loads of time and space, he'll punish you with wide balls. And then he's you he you saw him play in the middle of a back three, and he was just absolutely superb. Um, he's never gonna be he's never gonna be outclassed on a technical respect on a technical level because Chelsea Academy graduates are coached to too high a degree. And then you saw it against Brentford, where he was more than up for the challenge, the physical challenge with Ivan Tony and Burmo. So um I just think he's done so he's done so well and, from and he's scoring goals and he's scoring goals and he's scoring goals like it's it's incredible because it's the bar so high the bar is so high and it's like with Hudson Odoi like even now he's in good form I, I see bits where it's like ah, oh, we should have done better there there's not many times where I'm looking at like with Reese James when it was coming through like Reese James like the maturity that Reese James came through with and it's like there was still sometimes we're like okay you need to prove that with, with Chalabar, and I know Chalabar's older. Uh, like, I think he's even older than Mount, right? Um, so, yeah. But yeah, I think he might be a little bit older, maybe a little bit older, younger. But like, yeah, he's still young, right? But the maturity and consistency of performances is incredible. It's incredible. Alexis, talk to me about Chalabar. Man, every time I watch him, uh, I get left more impressed than last time. And he doesn't look out of place. That's like the best compliment you can give him. Like he looks like when I see him on the team sheet, I'm not scared at all. At all. Like if anything, sometimes I prefer him there than Aspie. I do. Like because he's so good on the ball. And I think Timson's so right. The way they train the players in the youth system is their footballers first. Yeah. And then they're like they put the physical around them. And for me, he sh- he just slides in so well into this team. Like I, honestly, I'm so happy we didn't sign Kunde. Yeah, same. Because it would have meant he would have been on the peripheral. He would have had less minutes. He would have had the SAR minutes. But in reality, he's going to save us 70, 80 million. It's crazy. Like in the future, I hope they give him a new deal because he deserves it. This yeah. isn't just a run of form. You can just the performances speak level, and he, I can't remember an a good game from him because everything's been great or excellent so far. Yeah. It hasn't been a, just yeah, a true. good game. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's like, when it comes down to it, like he's a phenomenal defensive talent. I don't really often say that about defensive talent. I'm, I like the source. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. 
he's a phenomenal defensive talent and it's crazy like don't forget he's 22 so this is someone that hopefully we can see like at the the, the, the core of our defense for the next 10 and years you know defenders get better with age as well yeah. normally like yeah. look yeah. how long it's taken christensen zuma yeah. as well um like we've we've seen them firsthand rudiger he's developed to become yeah. he's far less rash now with his challenge but this kid already it just exudes confidence in everything he does sometimes what happens though is initially when um like with Reese James, I remember when he came through and everyone's bam, then there's a dip, there's some struggle that comes along. So maybe that will come for him. But so far, uh, he, he's just kind of here out the park. Um, so I kind of want to end there. I can Let me just say to Kepa, Kepa, amazing in the penalty shootout. Obviously, the goal kind of went through his legs. Um, and then Mendy, again, Mendy solid. Uh, so we've covered from back to front, um, basically the week in Chelsea. Thanks for listening. Um, Alexis, we love it when you come on. Again, I'm a fan of your content. Um, do you just want to do a quick plug so that everybody knows where to find you? Peeps, you can find me on YouTube. Just go on and type in the Kafka's view and you, you'll find me. Or type in Chelsea News. Usually my content pops up now. YouTube loves oh. me for some oh. reason. Oh. But thank, thank you for having me on, boys. Honestly, I listen every week Amen. and all four pods. All, uh, all, all four. We got, all five, four. We got we got five. No, I can't listen to the Spurs ones too much. By the end of the week, I'm dying. I'm literally all dying. Right, cool. But then every now and then I tune in. Yeah, cool, cool. All right. Thanks, Alexis, for coming on. Timpson, love it when you come on. And I think that Trevor analysis was sick as well. Chessy, our fans, thanks for listening again. Check out all of our content. I've been Daniel Soft here with Timpson and Alexis, and, and you'll hear from us next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.